Well, you covered part of my introduction, which was how we met. Um, and, and in fact, I was just, my buddy Mark is here. Mark, just say hi to everybody. Is that all right? My buddy Mark, seminary buddy, came down from Washington, asked that question. So how, still, still, well, that's right, because I'm not in Portland right now. I'm in Washington. Okay. Go Blazers. Um, you know, but, but, you know, Nick asked, so, or Mark asked, how, how, did, how did you meet this guy? And I said, you know what, it was about three years ago. And, and yeah, truth be told, we, we met because of the guy in front of you, because we met, uh, I, Chris connected me to NAB, um, and I came to the conference, the regional conference, which is online this year, and met Nick and Stephanie and their wonderful family, and we have kids, and they have kids, and they went like this, and, and th- that's really just been how our families have connected too. And Nick has pursued me and loved me as a brother. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for it. I'm so thankful for uh, who you are and what you've done and how, how, how you've cared for me, how, how our friendship has continued to form and develop. Um, and so I just want you to know that, that he, is, he is treasured. Um, and, and same thing with Chris. You guys have uh, uh, Rich as well. There's wonderful leadership here, wonderful elders. Um, but I need to stop or I'm not going to be able to get through my sermon. Here we go. <laughs> what do you do when you've been taunted? What do you do when you've been maligned, when you've been belittled? When you've been publicly made fun of. Surely it's happened to you. For it's, it's really happened to all of us. I don't know anyone unscathed through middle school. And what was the taunter's aim? It was to make you feel small. Insignificant. Weird. Like, you don't belong. Why does it hurt so much? Like, even as an adult, I'm 40, I'm supposed to be an adult. My six-year-old still asks me, Daddy, what do you want to do when you grow up? Do you recall the emotions that ran through your veins? The blood that rushed to your face that then turned red with shame? Do you, do you recall the questioning of yourself? Am I really weird? Don't answer that. Are they right? Do you remember the indecision of how to respond in the moment? Do you deny that for which you're being maligned or made fun of? And do you say, no I'm not, that's not true. Or my personal childhood favorite, I know you are, but what am I? (laughs) Do you fight back? Do you point out their shortcomings? Do you fight fire with fire, fist with fist? Or, or do you run in shame? Do you attempt to hide then any other possible weakness that they could identify in the future. 
You see, we've, we've all experienced this taunting because that's the way the world establishes their dominance. It's through shaming. It's through using whatever tool available to assert their power over you. So these tools could be power, physical strength, education, knowledge, affluence, influence, social status. It's common among children, but guess what, folks? It's common among adults as well. Sometimes it's just a little more sophisticated and harder to see it, isn't it? People of faith, we experience taunting. Because we believe in an unseen God, the world has accused us of willful ignorance. Just look on Facebook. They've accused us that we're incapable of science because we have based our lives upon ancient writings over 2,000 years old and we maintain the same views on morality, sexuality, marriage, the dignity of human life. And these views are seen as archaic. And therefore, we're alienated from today's culture. We are taunted as unintelligent, naive, gullible, as leaning on a crutch. We're called bigots, haters, ignorant and arrogant people who believe in myths. We are despised. We are taunted by the world, and yet they expect no intelligible answer, right? But Christians... What is your answer? How do we respond? So that's the title of today's message, or today's passage. We're in Psalm 119. No, we're not reading the whole thing. Um, But uh, I would like you to turn there, Psalm 119, verses 41 through 48. The the, the message, or excuse me, the title is called The Answer for Those Who Taunt. Um, if If you're familiar at all with Psalm 119, it's this really long acrostic poem. It's basically a love letter to the Word of God, starting on every letter, A, B, C, in fact, but it's Hebrew letter, not our alphanumeric letter, right? So, imagine writing a song, starting with eight stanzas, one for every letter of the alphabet to the Word of God. That's what your psalmist did here, okay? So, go ahead and open your Bible, Psalm 118, verses 41 through 48, um, do you do this here? We stand. Do you guys stand? Would you stand for the reading of God's word? Psalm 119, verse 41. Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord. Your salvation according to your promise. Then I shall have an answer for him who taunts me, for I trust in your word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. I will keep your law continually forever and ever, and I shall walk in a wide place, for I have kept your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame, for I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands towards your commandments which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. So from our passage today, we will see the answer to the question, how are we to respond to those who taunt? 
Here is the answers from the text. We're going to start with, we respond from faith. We respond in his mercy. Our response is displayed in our lives. It's revealed in our speech. And it's displayed in our worship. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, this is your word. And I pray, just as, as the song we sang, Lord, that, that our eyes would be set on you, that you would be our vision. Lord, fix our eyes upon you, upon your glory, upon your salvation. May we behold you, Lord Jesus, and in doing so, become like you. This is to the praise of Jesus, the Son of God, our eternal King. Amen. You may be seated. So here's the question. How do we respond to those who taunt? And which, by the way, this should go without saying, Christians, we don't taunt, right? Without saying, I mean, th- this should just be known. We are not to be a people who taunt. But when we're taunted, how do we respond? And, and the, our first section, uh, verses 41 and 42, is we respond from faith. So, so what is taunting? Well, the Hebrew word for taunt comes from the idea of sharp words that cause injury to the flesh. It's like a knife that cuts. So it's a cutting with the tongue. It's to cut down to size. It's to cause to sting. It's to stab at. And of course, what is the target of the one who taunts? This is what I discern from just life. The target of the taunting is what you place your identity in. Think about that. This is why it stings like it does. It's an attempt to cut, to slice, to nick the very core of a person. Maybe you've already thought about it. What kind of taunting have you experienced? Was an attack was it an attack on your physical appearance? Was it an attack on your intellect? How about your poverty? Or social status? Or, or your faith? Your virtue? You're a goody two-shoes. And I would say that faith in God was likely the point of attack in this passage. I think that is what the psalmist is responding to. Look at Psalm 42, verse 3. Or should I say this? Psalm 42, verse 3 presented a similar attack when David said, My tears have been my food all day and night, and they say to me all day long, Where is your God? That's taunting. Is there anything more foundational, friends, Christians, to your identity than our faith in God? So the answer is no. Right? So what did the psalmist do? What did the psalmist in our passage do? He went to the gospel. Well, Bob, this is Old Testament. They didn't have the gospel yet. Well, yes, they did. Abraham believed by faith, right? The gospel. Where's the proto-evangelion? Where's the first gospel? Genesis. Genesis 3. The promise of salvation has been there since the beginning, since Adam and Eve fell. So what does he say? Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. He goes to the gospel. 
the psalmist leaned into the covenant of God, the steadfast love and salvation promised him by the word of God. And what did he do? In faith, he decided to believe the word of God over the words of man. He decided to believe what God had said about him rather than what man had said about him. His identity was formed and fortified in the unchangeable word of God. So church, here's the question. When being singled out, when belittled, when made to feel small, feel weak or unintelligent or insignificant, what do you do? How do you respond? Maybe the better question is this, is from where do you respond when taunted? From fear or from faith? see, one is a gospel response, and one is not. How do we know the difference? Well, let me say this. The response of fear will always be displayed in hurt and anger. This response will fight with words or fists in the moment, or it's going to turn and run and stir up bitterness and anger and malice and wrath. Maybe by slandering the person afterwards. Now, you might be thinking, wait, if the person is willing to stand and fight their accuser, how is that a response of fear? Well, fear is not merely a response to the one who taunts, but it's to fear of man. When you respond to taunting with hurt and anger, it is an indication that your identity is unsettled and your ego is hurt. Okay, can we just all agree that this has happened? I just, uh, let's just be real, right? Everyone in here has responded to taunting in an unscriptural, ungodly way. Am, am, I, am I correct in assuming that, right? Okay, get at least one amen. Okay, so Chris is a sinner, all the rest of you are fine. But, but think about, okay, so where, where did this come from? As I sat and examined, well, when I've responded inappropriately, incorrectly in the past where did that come from in my own in my own self right well i was afraid what was i afraid of i was afraid that if i didn't fight back then what i was agreeing with them and saying yeah i i am weird right Fear will protect what it believes to be true and fight to maintain that image before other people What was I fighting for? The one who responds from fear does so because they've placed their self-worth in the perception and acceptance of others instead of God. It is a flesh-based identity that responds to taunting from fear. And then it's displayed in anger and hate and hurt. We've all done that, right? So, what's the alternative here? How do we respond from faith? Well, this passage shows us the way. We respond first from an identity that has been formed and fortified by the word of God. Look at verse 42. He says this, Then I shall have an answer for him who taunts me. For what reason? For I trust in your word. I believe your words, God. I believe your truth. 
I believe what you have to say about who I am. And we must highlight the absolute importance of the word of God. The entirety, I think I said this earlier, the entirety of Psalm 119 is praising the word of God. But what does it teach us about our identity? It teaches us that we are chosen, called, predestined, and loved. Before the foundations of the world, we're adopted, we're heirs according to his promise. We are children of God. Friends, you and I have a new nature. We've been buried with Christ in baptism and we've been raised with Him and are seated with Him in the heavens. If that isn't an identity that's, man, worth clinging to, I don't know what is. Okay, Baptocostal. If I say anything that your soul goes, yes, that's true, can I get an amen? amen. All right, thank you. You can feel at home a little bit here. Or how about, even a hallelujah is okay. All right? Right, Nick? Yes, thank you. So here's the truth, folks. If our identity is, is with Christ, wrapped up in Christ, seated with Him at the right hand of God, in the heavenly places, that we've been given every spiritual blessing that there possibly is. Amen. And nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not famine, nor nakedness, nor peril, nor sword, nor taunting. Our identity's not changed. What does that mean for us? What does that mean for how we respond? Friend, our identity has been secured in the steadfast love and salvation of God. So the response of faith proceeds from the one who knows this. This is why we have to be reminded of the gospel every day. Every day. Now, I don't think John Piper was making a theological statement when he said this, but he said, man, I have to get saved every day. Now, he believes in eternal security, don't worry. But we have to be reminded of the gospel every day. The response of the psalmist, notice it wasn't to respond in fear or anger, but it wasn't to malign their accuser, but it was to ask that salvation would come so they would have an answer. Because there is an answer. What is the answer to those who taunt? They didn't ask. They didn't taunt in return. They didn't injure. They didn't harm. Instead, they asked for a display of this steadfast love and salvation. He responded from a disposition of faith. So when we respond to taunting, we respond from faith. And it's faith that's rooted in His mercy. In his mercy. Look at verse 43. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. Oh, isn't it our flesh that wants to say, Bring down your fire, O God! Slay my enemy! Right? What do we see instead? Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me. Friends, if your hope is in your flesh then, and your identity is rooted in your flesh, then your response will be to protect your own glory, to show your power, protect your own righteousness and self-worth when someone attacks you. And you're going to respond in attack. The psalmist recognized this. He knew this. 
He knew the weakness of his own flesh. He knew the temptation was to hurl back insults. He felt the pull of the flesh to defend himself, but he didn't. Now, what kind of grace is this? Who does this, right? Jesus. You see, this is not the way of the world. Responding to taunting like this is not the way of the world, but this is the way of Christ. And this is what we learn. This is the grace we learn from our Lord Jesus uh, in Matthew 5. He says, you've heard it said that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. Huh. Paul said the same thing. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. So how, how do we do this? How do we do this? Right? I mean, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing about the gospel. Is it doesn't just show you what Christ looks like. Right? The gospel does save you. But it also transforms you. The same grace that saves you sanctifies you. The same grace, the same Jesus who saves you, transforms you into his image. So what does that look like? How do we come overcome our desire to trade blow for blow? Well, how did the psalmist do this? This is this in, in his mercy part. The psalmist recognized his own need for mercy. Paul Tripp said in the book, Dangerous Calling, no one gives grace better than a person who knows he desperately needs it himself. Do you know your desperate need for grace? Dear friends, when you are sinned against, how often do you examine your own sinfulness? When you do, you will remember that the mercy you've received is a gift, not deserved. And you will find room to extend that same grace. Parents, we need this with our children, don't we? Okay, yeah, I better get an amen there. I have four. They're wonderful. But man, they sanctify me. You return to the gospel. It is back to the gospel. This is the source of your hope, the source of your identity. Well, where do I get this? Look at verse 43 again. He pleads, take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth. This is what we're saying all along. The psalmist is recognizing his own sinfulness. He's recognizing he doesn't stand on a moral high ground by which he gets to condemn those below him. Because he knew of his great need of grace, he was able to extend grace to his antagonist. Oh, for that kind of, not, of, of just, inf what's the word I'm looking for? Where everything is just inundated. This inundation of the gospel, my own soul. That that's how I respond. Man, that's what I want. So when we're taunted, we respond from faith 
in his mercy, and this faith is, I mean, it's displayed, isn't it? It's displayed in our lives. This is verse 44. I will keep your law continually forever and ever. So how do we answer the one who taunts? How do we answer those who belittle our faith? We continue in the obedience of God. Oftentimes, the very thing you're made fun of for. Right? You know what's confusing, even confounding to the world? That we would continue trusting, believing, walking in the law of God despite the shame it would place on us? It makes no sense to the world that we would continue to live in in obedience to an unseen God under a book they feel is outdated and the psalmist pledged to keep his law and obey this God. Do you know how disarming it is to the one who taunts that you feel no shame over that which with they tried to shame you with. That's disarming, isn't it? Huh. Well, that didn't work. It takes the teeth out of their mouth. It takes the sting out of their bite. What also confuses those who taunt is that our experience of walking with God according to His Word is one of freedom. It's freedom, isn't it? Enjoy. Look at verse 45. And I shall walk in a wide place for I have sought your precepts. How many of you can say that since walking with Jesus, there has been more freedom and more joy in your life than any of your times when you followed your own physical flesh? Christians, I can say that with certainty. God has saved me from many heartaches. The answer to him who taught is displayed in the fruit of our lives. And this fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control sin brings about misery but the spirit brings about joy okay when taunted our answer is revealed in our speech jesus said out of the mouth the overflow of the mouth what speaks your heart your heart what's in your heart It's going to come out of your mouth. And guess what, folks? Not just in public. You know what's really in your heart? You know when that's really going to come out of your mouth? In private. Right? When you're not trying to put a filter up so people would hear what you want them to hear. It's it's revealed in our speech. And this is incredibly important. Look at 46 and 47. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame, for I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. What is in your heart is revealed in your speech. And is it good or evil? That's the question. Right? James talked about this, chapter 3. The tongue is like a rudder. It steers the whole ship. And it's just a small little thing. It can set a blaze to a forest. It's it's a fire. What we talk about, what we say, is evidence of where our heart is. 
So what is our response to being shamed, to being taunted? He's saying that it's to boldly praise that which you love. I mean, that just feels like the complete opposite of someone who would attack me, doesn't it? Because if someone's going to attack me or taunt me or make fun of me, typically what I would do is I would withdraw myself from them, brick wall. Right? Isn't that just natural self-preservation? Is that what he does? I don't think so. What does he do instead? He proclaims the testimonies of God. He becomes even more visible to who he really is. His identity is showing in this place, my friends. In fact, what he's saying is he will proclaim God's testimonies before kings, the most important of men. And queens too, women. I mean, think about that. Think about just everything we talked about earlier. What are the things we're taunted for? What are the, just in life, right? Influence, affluence, um, social status. Uh, kings have it all, don't they? And here he's saying, I will speak of your testimonies, God, before kings, before the greatest of all human men. You see, and then he said this, and I will not be put to shame. Shame is something you feel when you've done something foolish, right? It's this feeling of regret. The psalmist said that they would not feel regret in speaking boldly the gospel before the most important of human authority. How could this be so? How is this so? It's because his identity was wrapped up in a steadfast love. God. Where's your identity? Friends, when your identity is wrapped up in the love of God, no amount of taunting or shaming or hurtful words will keep you from proclaiming that which is most important to you. It is the freest of places. And if you speak about what you love, Right? If out of the heart, if out of the mouth comes the overflow of the heart, then what's going to happen is you're going to proclaim the testimonies of Jesus, your Savior. You're going to proclaim the gospel. You're going to speak forth the gospel wherever you're at. He says it there. Right? I will speak forth your testimonies. Why? For I find delight in your commandments, which I love. There he goes saying that L word again. Might it be that the answer to taunting would turn an enemy to a friend, would turn a sinner into a sinner saved by grace? Might it be that your response, when nicked, when cut with words, with tongue, whether it be in the workplace or in the neighborhood or amongst your friends or relatives, Thanksgiving's coming up. Woo! Might it be that your response, which shows such grace, such gospel, oh, may it be, church, that when we are cut, the gospel bleeds out of us, right? 
grace bleeds out of us. And it comes through our mouth. Is not the gospel the most important news to the world? Is not reconciliation between God, the God of the universe who spoke the world into being, and you and I, broken sinners who sin daily, right? Is this not the most important news that anyone could ever hear, ever? And friends, we who have been bought by the blood of the Lamb have an identity that's secured for all eternity and nothing is going to separate us. Lastly, our response to the gospel is displayed in our worship. I'm sorry, Nick. I'll go faster. Um, I will lift up my hands towards your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Okay, I'm going to just say this real quick. Um, old worship pastor guy, okay? And I've been a pastor in like a CMA church. I've been a pastor in uh, not CMA church. I've been a pastor in a Baptist church. I've been a pastor in a Reformed church. And I seem to see this kind of trend happening that those who are really high on the word, there's less hands raised. That should not be so with us. No, I was sitting in the front, so I didn't like turn around and look at you guys. I don't, I, I'm not, no judgment here, okay? But why? Well, the raising of hands, we seem to intuitively know that it really shows our weakness. It does. I, that's what you're saying. That's what you're saying is you're raising your hands. I'm, I'm, I need. I need, God. I'm needy. And here he's saying, I will lift up my hands towards your commandments, which I love. I'm needy, God. I'm needy for your word. Give me your word. Give me your gospel. I love it. Your response is displayed in your worship. Do you know that you need the gospel? Do you know that you need the word of God? I will meditate on your statutes. You know what that means? It's, it's like this, the mullet over this. Continue thinking about it day in and day out. Psalm 1. The psalmist is Psalm 1. He meditates on the, on, on the statutes of the Lord day and night. Why? Because he knows he needs it more than air. More than water. It's displayed in our worship. Your worship of God isn't displayed in how much you think you give to Him. Oh God, look what I do. I sing on the worship team. I come, I give my tithe. I come, I pull weeds. Sorry, I'm expressive. Your, your worship of God is displayed and how much you think you need him. Do you need God continually? Do you need his grace? Do you need his word? Do you need his salvation? If you know this, you will meditate on his word. And friends, this is why we're gathering, right? This is why even, even in the midst, and I don't know what the culture is here. I know 
Other churches in my area are just now starting to gather. We've been gathering for a bit now. And that's no pat on our back. It took, a, it took a while for us to figure out, okay, how do we do this safely? How do we do this in a way that encourages people? How do we do this in a way that builds up the body? But I tell you this, when we gathered, it, I mean, oh, it felt so good. It felt so good to gather again because we need each other. We need the gospel. So here's the question. How do you respond to taunting? And I want to encourage you with this, and I've said it earlier, we all respond out of fear. We all have done that. We've all believed the false lie about our identity, that our value and our purpose was wrapped up in our own personal accomplishments, our talent, our beauty, our self-esteem, our self-image, even our self-righteousness. You who are ultra-spiritual. And I want you to see how fragile a place that is for your identity. A fragile... Let me say that again. I want you to see how fragile your identity is if you base it upon yours or others' perception of yourself. Let me say that again. Let me say it the other way. I want you to see how fragile your identity is if you place it on others' perception of you and your perception of you. It's easily broken. And that's not a Christian identity. It's insecure. It's not based off the solid foundation of truth of who you are in Christ, bought, purchased, loved, secure for all eternity in Him. And I'm way past. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, um, take, take what I've said, and Lord, if any of it is true, may it pierce the heart and mind of those who are here. It is your word that changes and sanctifies people. And Lord, if I've said anything that's not true of you, Lord, uh, let it pass by their ears. Set our hearts, our minds, our eyes towards you, our Savior. Remind us that our identity is secure in you, Lord Jesus, and we can love those who persecute us. We can bless those who taunt us, and we do so by proclaiming the gospel. Shape us, O God, into your image, we pray. Amen.